Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study of Acts with chapter 8, verses 6 through 24. We return to Samaria with Philip, Simon, Peter, and John with lessons that show us again that doctrine is important. Please follow along with Pastor Harris as he delivers today's portion of this week's message entitled, Glory and Gall in Samaria. So if we go down further in John 4 to verse 39, from that city of the Samaritans, I'm sorry, from that city many of the Samaritans believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified, he told me all the things that I have done. So when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they were asking him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. Many more believed because of his word, and they were saying to the woman, you know her reputation, apparently they couldn't resist a little tweak, they said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves and know that this one is indeed the Savior of the world. And that might have been a mild put down of her, but it's also a way of saying, you were right, this is the Savior of the world, and he is and he's come here. So they asked him to stay, and, and he stayed with them two days. Now, Jesus can say a lot in two days, but they understood he was the Savior. Now, we're not told anything specifically in Scripture about those in Samaria from the city of Sychar, where Jacob's well was. We're not told what went on between that visit and where we now find Philip coming to the city of uh, Samaria, the, the, the capital city, but surely the story must have spread. And even though we don't have the details, we can tell from this encounter that the Holy Spirit had prepared many to hear and receive the gospel. Their hearts were prepared. And so when Philip starts preaching, there's a wholesale spiritual awakening and some of the same phenomena that happened when Jesus preached also occurred when, when, Philip, when Philip preached in Samaria. We're told in verse 7 of Acts 8, For in the case of many who had unclean spirits, they were coming out of them, shouting with a loud voice, and many who had been paralyzed and lame were healed. There's the physical healings, but also there's the phenomenon that when, when people are so immersed in false worship to the point that they are inhabited by unclean spirits, which is demons, fallen angels, when those people came into the presence of, De of Jesus, the demons often freaked out and manifested themselves. You can check that out for yourself in the, in the Gospels, and we're going to be seeing it in our daily emails as we work through Mark. You'll see that in the early chapters of Mark as well. Um, the same thing happened with, Phil with Philip, but other than ex expelling demons, the other miracles flow just as by Jesus and by the apostles and by Stephen and now by Philip, and that all attested to the truth of the message and the validity of the messenger. So verse 8, 
So there was much rejoicing in that city. That's the glory of the glory and gall in Samaria. Stick around. We'll get to the gall in a little bit. New believers rejoice. Secondly, a pseudo-Christian believes, and we're putting believes in scare quotes. Um, It's significant that of all the people that believed, how many was it? A lot, many, crowds. Only one person's story is singled out. Well, that means that there's something very important about it. So look at we, with me at Acts 8, starting at verse 9 through 11. Now there was a man named Simon, who formerly was practicing magic in the city and astonishing the people of Samaria, claiming to be someone great. And they all, from smallest to greatest, were giving attention to him, saying, this man is what is called the great power of God. And they were giving him attention because he had for a long time astonished them with his magic arts. So this man, Simon, was well known. He he wowed people with his quasi-spiritual magic arts. He was very high on himself, didn't mind being, letting people know he was someone great, someone very important. Now, maybe he was self-deceived to the extent that he actually believed he had supernatural power. Uh, It's also possible that maybe he did have a certain measure of special power, but if he did, it came from demons. And whatever the underlying belief in, in Simon's life, he basked in astonishing the people, claiming to be someone great. Now, you have a bit of an ego if you don't mind people calling you the great power of God. Think Nebuchadnezzar. He had honed his craft for a long time. He'd gotten very good at it. He had the limelight. Then came Philip and the gospel, the gospel about the true kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. And so we go back to verse 12. But when they believed Philip preaching the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were being baptized, men and women alike. Many people believed. Now that is glorious. They were being baptized. Now that's telling you that's an imperfect verb. It was an ongoing thing. This wasn't just an overnight thing. This was, a, this was a big deal. And they were being baptized as public de- declaration of their faith in Jesus Christ. That's also glorious. But if you were the local superstar, if you were the local spiritual honcho who wowed people with your uh, trickery and your deception, then all of these people suddenly turning to Christ, well, that ate into your following. So Simon decided he needed to get in on this new demonstration of power. It all looked really good at first. And I wish that in our culture people would get the point that um, celebrity conversions are almost always problematical. They almost always go bad. 
Uh, I thought about naming some names, but I decided not to. You, you know, there's a whole bunch of people. Oh, wow, he's a Christian now. And then a couple of weeks later, he's into all sorts of weird, weird things. Verse 13, here's what happened, though. Even Simon himself believed. And after being baptized, he continued on with Philip. And as he observed signs and great miracles taking place, he was constantly amazed. Now, Simon himself believed. The word believe means to exercise faith, put your faith in someone. He, he, he bought into the facts that there was something very special about Jesus behind all of this power that he saw. Well, the bandwagon was headed that direction, so he too was baptized. That required a public declaration of faith in Jesus. And then it says he continued on with Philip. He kept hanging around Philip. Now that's also a good thing if, if it means that he wanted to learn about the Lord. If he wanted to sit at Philip's feet and say, tell, tell me everything you heard from, from Peter and John and, 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 and James, and, and, and you were around when Jesus was around, tell me about. If, if that's what he meant, that's good. But as we're soon going to see, Simon was not a genuine follower of Christ. He wanted to be where the action was. He wanted to be in the limelight, and he wanted to find the best angle he could find to keep himself in the limelight and be back to where he was the one who would astonish people. Now, it's crucial to understand the facts about Jesus Christ and believe that they're true. That's where it starts. You've got to know the right truth. That's the foundation of saving faith. But if it's only a matter of believing the facts about Jesus, that's not enough. James, half-brother of Jesus, wrote this in James 19 and 20. You believe that God is one? You do well. It's a good thing to believe that. He says, the demons also believe and shudder because they know that they are going to be judged by that one true God. He says, but are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? If, it's just, if, the, if they don't let the facts penetrate your heart and bring you to repentance and genuine, saving, lifelong trust in Jesus, you've missed it. It's useless. Now, the fact that Simon continued on with Philip, that was, a, that was good optics. Uh, we can see, however, at least three aspects of apparently what he was doing. First of all, uh, Simon wanted to stay in contact with the people who formerly followed him, but now they're following Philip. So he wanted to stick around with them. He hoped to keep his own influence alive so that when Philip left town, he could go back to being the man. He was seeking attention for himself before Philip came, and apparently that didn't change. Second, notice it said, that Simon was constantly amazed. The, the power of God on display in the miracles through Philip was something Simon had never known. And to him, it was apparently kind of a professional curiosity that drove him. He wanted to know the source of Philip's 
power. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.